0: Time as his research assistant during my second year at Penn. I spent three afternoons a week finding cases for his soporific article on federal court jurisdiction. No matter how good the cases, they were never good enough for him. He always smiled that smile right before he tore into me, in the true Socratic tradition, asking me question after question until he had proven, as a matter of logic, that I was taking up too much space in the universe. Ms. D'Annunzio, are you with us? the judge asks. I nod in a caffeinated way. My nervousness intensifies. Bitterman turns to Storankovich. Mr. Storankovich, we've never met, but I trust you've done your homework too. After all, you're fighting for your life today, aren't you? Or at least the next best thing. A very large contingency fee. Storankovich springs to his feet, blinking rhythmically. The fee is of no moment to me, Your Honor, I can assure you. My only concern is for my clients, a generation of golden agers who have been ruthlessly victimized by the defendant corporation, at a time in their lives when they should be able to relax, relying on the fact that their hard-earned pensions. Very good, Mr. Sturankovich. You get an A for enthusiasm. Bitterman snaps. Then the judge studies the motion papers before him, ignoring us both. I'm not sure whether to remain standing, so I steal a glance at Sturankovich. He's swaying stiffly like a sunflower before a thunderstorm. I take a chance and sit down. Miss D'Annunzio, says Bitterman. Yes, Your Honor, I pop up and grin. Approach the podium. I walk to the lectern with apparent confidence and adjust the microphone to girl height. May it please the court, my name is Mary D'Annunzio. Miss D'Annunzio, Bitterman says. I have your name, remember? Yes, Your Honor. Sorry, Your Honor. I clear my throat to the sound of muffled laughter. As you may know, Your Honor, I'm presenting this motion to strike class action allegations on behalf of Harbison's, the hardware people. Harbison's is a national chain of hardware stores. It employs over... I don't need the prospectus, Ms. D'Annunzio. I've heard of the company. Yes, Your Honor. I'd have to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to have heard of the company after that inane jingle of theirs. You know their jingle. Their jingle? Yes, their jingle. Their anthem. Their team song. I hear it everywhere. On my television, on my car radio, every fifteen minutes. You said you represent them, Mr. Nunzio, so I'm sure you know it. Do you? I nod uncertainly. Then sing it. Sing it, Your Honor? You heard me, he says evenly. A hush settles over the back of the courtroom. Each one of them is thanking God he's not in my pumps. I look down at the podium. My heart is pounding, my ears tingling. I curse Bitterman for humiliating me and richard nixon for appointing him to the federal bench pretty please with a cherry on top the judge's voice is thick with sarcasm not a soul in the gallery laughs the courtroom deputy avoids my eye busily examining the buttons of the tape recorder christ it'll be on tape your honor mr nunzio bitterman is suddenly furious he looks like a volcano about to blow sing The courtroom is as quiet and stone-cold as death. I close my eyes. I want to be somewhere else, anywhere else but here. I open my mouth and the notes fly out, unexpectedly clear and strong. Harbison's the hardware people. We take the hard out of hardware. When I open my eyes, Bitterman's anger has evaporated. That was quite... beautiful, he says, I can't tell if he's being sarcastic, and I don't care. May I begin my argument, Your Honor? You may. So I do, and the argument sounds punchy and right, fueled by my fury at the judge. I rattle off the local court rules that Starankovich has broken, then segue into my cases, transforming each into the parable of the careless lawyer who undermined our system of justice. Bitterman begins to bear his canines in an encouraging way. I finish my argument and return to counsel table. Your Honor, if I may respond, Sterankovich says. He pushes down the shiny pants that are static clinging to his socks and walks to the podium like a Christian into the Roman Coliseum. May it please the court, I'm Bernard. Save it, Mr. Sterankovich. We both know that defense counsel is right on the law. Your conduct as class counsel has been a disgrace. Even my law clerks could do better. How could you miss the deadline on your motion for class certification? It's the one thing you have to do, and you couldn't even do that Right. But your honor... Bitterman holds up a hand that looks like a mound of Play-Doh. Stifle, Mr. Sterankovich, as Archie Bunker used to say. He glances around the room to see if anyone appreciates his joke. The gallery is too terrified to laugh, but the courtroom deputy smiles broadly. Your tax dollars at work. Yes, your honor. Sterankovich bows slightly. Now, Mr. Sterankovich, even though Ms. D'Annunzio thinks she has you, you and I know that I have total discretion in deciding whether to grant her motion. I may grant it, or I may deny it purely as a matter of my own inherent powers. Am I right? Sturankovitch nods. Of course I am. So your work is cut out for you. Your job is to give me your best argument. Give me one good reason why I shouldn't grant Mr. Nunzio's motion. Sturankovitch blinks rapidly. Your Honor, if I may, the class is composed. Bitterman holds up a finger. I said one good reason. I was about to, Your Honor. The class is composed of some 500 employees, and counting. No, no, you're not listening, Mr. Starankovich. Repeat after me. The one good reason... Storankovich licks his dry lips. The one good reason you shouldn't grant the motion... You shouldn't grant the motion... is... Bitterman finishes with a flourish, waving his hand in the air like a conductor. Is... No, you idiot, I'm not going to finish the sentence for you. You finish the sentence! The courtroom deputy looks down. The gallery holds its breath. I made some mistakes, Your Honor. I admit it. Mr. blurts out. I was having a rough time. My mother had just passed and I missed a lot of deadlines. Not just on this case, on others, too. But it won't happen again, Your Honor. You have my word on that. Bitterman's face is a mask of exaggerated disbelief. He grabs the sides of the dais and leans way over. This is your best argument? This is the one good reason? Starankovich swallows hard. This is the best you can come up with. The one good reason I shouldn't grant the motion is that you were making a lot of mistakes at the time, and this was just one of them? Your Honor, it's not like... Mr. Starankovich, you said your only concern was for your clients. Isn't that right? Yes, Your Honor. Do you care enough to give them the best lawyer possible? Yes, Your Honor. Would the best lawyer possible fail to file his motion for class certification on time? No, Your Honor. But you failed to do so, didn't you? Sturankovich blinks madly. Didn't you? Sturankovich opens his mouth, but nothing comes out. Didn't you fail to do so, Mr. Sturankovic? Yes or no will do. Yes, he says quietly. Then you are not the best lawyer possible, are you? There is silence as Sturankovic looks down. He can't bring himself to say it. He shakes his head once, then again. Bitterman issues his decision from the bench. With a puffy smile, he says, Motion granted. Thank you, Your Honor. I say dry-mouthed. "'Thank you, Your Honor,' says Starankovich. "'Next!' says Bitterman. I stuff my papers in my briefcase and turn to go, as another corporate shill takes my place at council table. The pews are jam-packed with us, padded shoulder to padded shoulder, because the argument schedule is so late. I hurry by the freshly shaved suits in rep ties and collar pins. I look at the back row. It's where my husband sat with his first grade class and watched me argue my first motion.' The rich mahogany of the pew has been burnished to a high luster, like a casket. All I can think about is Mike. He sat right in this row and had to quiet the class as they fidgeted, whispered, and giggled through the entire argument. He sat at the end of the pew, his arm rested right here. I touched the knobby armrest with my fingertips. It feels just like his shoulder used to feel. Strong, solid, as if it would never give way. I don't want to move my hand. My fingertips on the shoulder of wood put me in touch with Mike, and in touch with that day. It was a morning like this one, my first argument in court. I remember my own nervous excitement, presenting the motion almost automatically in a blur. Bitterman ruled for me in the end, which caused the first graders to burst into giddy applause. Mike's face was lit up by a proud smile that didn't fade even when Bitterman went ballistic, pounding his gavel. I pull my hand from the cold, glossy wood of the pew. Mike isn't here. Mike is gone. My head is flooded with a memory. Mike and I celebrated the night I won the motion. We made love so sweetly, and then ate pizza, a reverse of our usual order. Afterward, he told me he felt sorry for the employees whose discrimination case I had gotten dismissed. You're a softie, I said. But you love me for it, he said.